What's going on, everyone? This is True Code Sports Talk, and I am your host, Andrew Wright. And over in his bedroom is my co-host, Cody Johnson. Cody? What is going on, everybody? Thank you for joining us on this episode. We hope you guys enjoy it. We got a lot to talk about with the Giants, Lakers, and the Raiders, so stay tuned. Well, what's happening, everyone? Uh, yes, this is a late Drew Code Sports talk. Um, unfortunately, uh, I had been dealing with some uh, health problems, and uh, so I was not able to do it this past week, and then uh, we tried to do it a little bit later, and uh, things came up for Cody and I, so we had to do it a lot later, but Nonetheless, welcome to Drew Code Sports Talk. We're still doing it this week, as I tweeted out uh, from the Drew Code account, of course. Um, but before we get into anything, Cody, man, how are you doing? Man, I am feeling normal for the first time in a few weeks, so I'm feeling good. Um, <laughs> I don't know why the energy in this episode feels a little different, maybe because it's in the morning and we're caffeinated <laughs> right now, and uh, yep. And maybe that's what it is, or maybe we finally got uh, our favorite sports playing all at the same time, essentially. So, I don't know, man. It's a combination, it feels like. How are you feeling, by the way? Uh, I'm doing a lot better, yeah. Um, it's nothing serious. It's um, I've had this a couple of times now. It was a uh, clogged salivary gland, mm. and uh, basically my uh, one side of my cheek, like, swolled up. <laughs> <laughs> so and it like i couldn't like hardly open my mouth there was like a day where i ate like crackers and that was it like I, I really could not open my mouth so uh luckily my wife was uh you know taking care of me and you know helping me out obviously she's a nurse so she knew what to do so that was really helpful um so man i feel a lot better i can actually talk there uh-huh. was like one of the day that I couldn't even eat. I was like, I barely talked and my wife thought I was like mad at her. Uh-huh. And she's like, are you okay? And I was just like, I just really don't want to talk. It hurts every time. And she was like, all right. Oh. So, so it was a good day for her. Um, <laughs> you were like the, the giants need to make the playoffs. I'm trying to be quiet right now. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I feel a lot better. Um, there, yeah, that day I was just like, I was in bed resting, uh, you know, dealing with kids too. my, my daughter in school, it was just, it was a rough time. So, yeah. uh, you know, I needed some rest and luckily I finally got it and, uh, it's, uh, starting to go away, uh, a lot basically. I mean, you probably can't even tell, but yeah, in my left side here. <laughs> so no, I can't, even, um, I can't even tell until you said something. So, yeah. So, it's it's doing a lot better so anyway um nothing gross guys so sorry i mean it was just just having a hard time just in a lot of pain so anyway um man we've had a lot going on uh but before we get into all that hey everyone go check out our social media pages uh we are on facebook twitter and instagram also go check out our youtube page uh we've uh, tried to post something at least once a week on there now uh, last week we talked about fantasy football. I think this week we're just going to take snippets from today's episode. I don't look good in uh, today's episode. So, you know, whatever, man. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely a morning person. So, uh, I, I, yes, I think you're right. I think our energy sounds good, but, uh, like at night is when I'm usually all done up and stuff. So, <laughs> so, so right now I like, I woke up, we got to sleep in a little bit and I was just like, whatever, I'm not going to 
do all that because I got a shower later. So yeah, I'm just yeah. I'm just gonna be uh, sitting nice and ugly out here. Anyway, um, we also want you guys to go uh, check out all the on the major podcasts, uh, rate and review, and also subscribe to our podcast. All the major podcasts being. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeart, and uh, Spotify. So go check all that out. Please, anything and everything does help. Go check out fnxfitness.com. Uh, great workout gear, workout supplements. Uh, I use them. I know Cody's used them. So, uh, you know, gyms are going to be opening up very, very soon. So go get all your stuff. They sell out quick. Uh, and Cody will explain to you how you can get 15% off of your whole purchase. So go ahead, Cody. That's right, you guys. You guys want to head over to DrewCodeSportsTalk.com. On our homepage, we have a link called Partners that you click on, and then it'll actually take you to where we are advertising FNX Fit. There's a link on there where you can begin shopping, and you can also use the promo code DrewCode15 to get 15% off your total purchase. I actually just got an email the other day that they're doing up to free shipping on certain items, so you definitely want to swoop that up. And if you can save an extra 15% off, that's even more savings right then and there. And they're about to roll out with their um, fall collection right now. So definitely cruise on uh, over to their website, give it a try. And then don't forget to use Drew Code 15 to get 15% off your total purchase. And while you're actually on our website, DrewCodeSportsTalk.com, you can actually listen to the full episodes on the website, along with clicking on any of the live links to the major podcast platforms that Drew did mention. So if you want to listen on the website, you can. If you have a preferred platform you prefer to listen to us on, you can click on one of those links and it'll take you right to our page. You can also read a brand new blog that Drew has been starting called One Giant Step regarding the San Francisco Giants baseball team. And I'll let Drew explain to you guys what that's about. Yeah, it's just a uh, once a week uh, blog that I write. Uh, I post it every uh, Monday. Um, and it's just talking everything about uh, San Francisco Giants baseball, anything, everything that's going on. Uh, obviously, once the season is over, I'll probably take a little bit of a break. But then uh, once the season starts kind of really start getting close to going, maybe spring training, I'll, I'll begin it again. But uh, I'll be riding up until the Giants are probably eliminated. Um, but yeah, it's just for fun. Uh, it's, a, it's a real easy read. It's I only write like three paragraphs. Usually, uh, the first paragraph is about like uh, what what happened this week, what to look for in this next week, and then uh, you know the last is kind of summarizing everything. So, uh, really easy read. Honestly, if you're a slow reader, it shouldn't even take you like five minutes. It'll probably take you like three minutes to read if you're really really slow. But um, if if you're not, it's a real easy read. Honestly, so go check it out. It won't hurt if you don't like it whatever but it's it's just for fun so um but yeah it, it's really fun so go go check all that out all right cody well uh we are in we're into it now man uh football season we're going into week three which sounds really weird mm-hmm. um you know the giants and uh, major league baseball everyone is uh sunday I mean, we're recording this Saturday, mm-hmm. so Sunday is the final uh, game for everyone, uh, and then we'll know who's going to be in the postseason, so that's exciting, and then obviously uh, the NBA uh, playoffs, man, we've, we're almost at the, uh, at the NBA finals, so yeah. it's really, really crazy. Cody, I wanted to start with the San Francisco, San Francisco Giants um, because they're making a push for the playoffs, which... Mm-hmm. I will I will admit I did not think this was going to happen. I didn't think they were going to get 
I thought it was going to be tough for them to get 20 games. They're at 29, mm-hmm. and uh, they might win 30 games, which is insane. They need to win 31 games to really ensure that they're going to get their victory. Um, so, Cody, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pose this question to you first, is how do the Giants win their next two games against the San Diego Padres? Well, truthfully, um, it's going to come with our bats, which is, I think, what's been kind of carrying us majority of the season. And we've had a lot of young uh, hitters that have that have basically stepped up in this shortened season. I think that's going to need to continue if we're going to have a chance against the two game series we have with the Padres starting today. Um, we do have uh, Cueto on the mound against, uh, uh, I think his name is Davis or Davies. Is that how you pronounce his last name? Zach Davies. Yeah. Yeah. And Davies is a good young pitcher who throws a lot of heat and he has a lot of um, misdirection pitches as well. So I'm hoping our uh, young hitters kind of stay home and just make sure that they find the right pitches and don't try to play hero ball. Don't try to knock it out of the park every single time. I think what's been helping the team is just getting on base and driving in the runs and not worrying too much about the long ball. Um, you know, and it's also going to take our bullpen, which has been kind of a weak link for us all season. Um, a little bit of adjustments uh, early in the season kind of helped, but, you know, we're really going to see what our bullpen is made out of if they can just, you know, not give up the big hits, um, keep the walks to a minimum, you know, keep everything in front of you. Um, I think that's what's going to take to beat the Padres. But my concern is the Padres are a really good hitting team and they've got some they've got a bullpen that could really um, shut down an offense really quickly, especially if the offense uh, uh, gets ahead and, and scores a lot of runs early, which is what they normally do. So that's a bit of my concern with the Padres, but I think the Giants can do it. It's just going to take, like I said, it's going to take the bullpen really stepping up. And it's going to take our hitters playing smart and not going, uh, not going for the long ball every single time, um, you know, to, uh, to get too cute, I guess you can say. Yeah, um, just to um, to keep you honest, um, you know the the Giants really have. The, it's supposed to be Johnny Cueto pitching today, but um, they actually haven't announced it yet. They haven't really committed. Um, they may keep Cueto for tomorrow's game, is what I'm thinking. So they might do another uh, bullpen type game where they. Uh, have one of the bullpen uh, pictures start and basically just, you know, throw a couple of guys in here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just, you know, if if you're listening to this and, you know, you hear, oh, Johnny Cueto, and then he doesn't pitch on Saturday, um, it's because we're they haven't announced it yet, but it is supposed to be Cueto. So I just don't want you to, you know, commit to that and then be like, oh, shoot, I didn't know they were going to do this. <laughs> By the way, that source was from ESPN.com. So if you guys have an issue with me, take it up with them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So um, you're right. Uh, with the Giants, the way they have been winning has been simply their bats because their bullpen hasn't been worth much in my opinion. Um, they've, they've actually caught fire recently where they have been pitching a lot better. But of course, when I say that, or when I've been noticing, okay, the bullpen is starting to kind of get into their groove last night, they had a double header. They won the first game. They were losing in the second game. And then Wilmer Flores comes up, hits his 11th home run. And it was a three run bomb to put us up by one and then they throw in Coonrod and he gives up the lead and the win. And so that was kind of annoying uh, because 
Coonrod, I'm not a big fan of him as to begin with. I mean, I'm going to be honest. I'm a Giants fan, but I'm also real. I'm also a realist in this, um, you know, baseball business, I guess. And uh, I'm not a fan of him. He, the guy, he can throw a, a, a very fast fastball, but his other pitches is what kills him. He's got a great fastball. He's got a great closing fastball, but that's it. He doesn't have another good pitch. He's got okay pitches, but that's the issue is everyone who goes up to the plate against Coonrod is looking for that fastball. And if you time it right, that thing can go far. And that's exactly what we saw. The guy barely even swung the bat and hit it over the right field wall yesterday. I mean, it was ridiculous. It was a fastball and it was, uh, it was a little low. I would say it was about thigh high outside and the guy just puts his bat into play. He didn't put everything into that swing. But because of how hard he throws, that ball went further. And that is the issue with Coonrod. And that has been the issue with a lot of these uh, bullpen pictures that we have. Now, Jarlene uh, Garcia, he's been great. I would love to continue to have him. Uh, Tony Watson, I've said it on here before. I would love to see him as the closer. They need to get those guys into the more important situations. Yes, you have to always use all of your bullpen, but let's be honest. I don't think we see Coonrod a lot or if at all in a, uh, if we do get into the postseason. And that's the issue here is the postseason is still not guaranteed. Now, earlier I wrote um, on my blog that the Reds and the Brewers are going head-to-head. Well, the Reds have, because they beat the Brewers, uh, they won that series, the Reds have officially punched their ticket into the postseason. The only two teams in the NL that have not, post, have not punched their ticket is the St. Louis Cardinals, the Giants, the Phillies, and the Brewers. Those are really the teams that are going at it. They have the Mets on here, but um, if the Mets lose like one more, they're out. So... Um, it, it, they're they're having an up, uphill battle, but we'll we'll mention them anyway. Um, but the Giants kind of control their own destiny here. The Giants, they if they win these next two games, it's it's a wrap. There's there's no question about it because really all they need is one win. But if you go to um, a 500, and let's say the Cardinals lose two more games, the Cardinals hold the tiebreaker against the Giants. Um, and also Phillies and Brewers, they actually could overtake the Giants too. So that's why if the Giants win both games, because they have 29 losses and the Phillies and Brewers have 30 losses. So if the Giants out win outright on these next two games, it's a wrap. They're in. So these games are very important. Now, the Padres are already in the playoffs, and they're already set. They're not going to go up any higher. They they could possibly go to the three seed, but they're not going to go, and they're definitely not going to go lower for sure. But um, with the with the Padres, I don't, I don't think they're going to be playing for much. I, I mean, oh, they can't get the three seed. I'm sorry, I'm looking at it right now. They can't get the three seed, so the Padres are done. But what would be more satisfying than getting into the playoffs is to knock out the Giants because the Dodgers are already in it. They already have to worry about the Dodgers then the Padres don't want to have to worry about the Giants because whatever you say about the Giants, 
that's fine. They're, they're not as good as the Padres. I'll admit that. But they're a good team. With the Padres, they have these great players, not a great team. So the Padres want to get rid of the Giants because who knows the Padres better than an NL West team? So they don't want to see the Giants. Whether they think they're better or not, it doesn't matter. They don't want to see them. Um, so what the Giants have to do, exactly what you said, Cody, they have to hit like they have been hitting. Their starting pitching has to be solid. I'm not saying they have to be flawless, but they have to be solid. And then the bullpen has to hold their own. Charlene Garcia is one of those guys. Like I said, Tony Watson is one of those guys. Um, I don't want to see any Coonrod. I don't want to see any uh, Tyler Rogers. I don't want to see any of those guys because those guys and uh, Peralta. I don't want to see Wendy Peralta. That guy, uh, he drives me nuts. So, I mean, those three guys, I really don't want to see at all. If the Giants are going to be successful and they have to be real about this, and Gabe Kapler has to know. I know he's trying to be this good manager. He wants everyone to like him. You know, obviously the Giants were accustomed to Bruce Bochy. But with with this bullpen and with Gabe Kapler, if he wants to get into the postseason, he has to realize I can't throw certain guys out there because it's not going to get us there. You can you can say uh, you know I'll throw him out there later, like in you know in another um, what's what is the thing I'm looking for here. You know, you can throw them out in, um, you know, in the postseason every now and then. But for the most part, in these next two games, I don't want to see those players. And I guarantee you we're at least going to see Rodgers, um, which he he's he's better than the other two that I mentioned, in my opinion. But not much. Gotcha. So I'm sorry. I know I went on a long tangent there, but the bullpen is killing us with that with that that win that we had, and we could have won that doubleheader, and we would have been in a lot better position than we are right now. We're not in a bad position, but now we have to win to really ensure that we get in there. If we don't, it's going to be a rough road because we are going to have to hope that the Phillies, Brewers, Mets. Cardinals, <laughs> we have to hope that at least they lose one more as well because uh, that will help us. But, you know, you can't bank on it, and you want to have your – you want to have – you want to control your destiny is what you want to do. You, you don't want to leave it up to anyone else. You want to be able to be the one, and so now they have to win out. Yeah. All right, any, any, anything to add to that, Cody? No, I mean, you said it perfectly. Um, I didn't mean to, you know, not give in more than just the two cents I said earlier. But honestly, like, that's what it breaks down to is, you know, we have a bullpen that we need to stick to a, a few guys that we can trust. We can't really get too cute with, uh, you know, who we have throwing the ball, regardless of how hard they throw. Because, again, if you make a mistake, especially at the Padres, an NL West rival, you don't want them to, you know, you don't want them to – you know, control our destiny. We want to be able to do it. And, you know, it is going to take our bats. Luckily we've got some good young people. Um, hopefully that, uh, even though they're young, um, hopefully their inexperience doesn't really show just because, you know, the big stage, it might get them to, you know, maybe, uh, I guess, try too hard, I guess is the word I'm thinking of for, um, these two games. So that way we can get in the postseason. So it's really going to take the, you know, the veterans that we do have to kind of calm everybody, but also, you know, um, 
also make sure there is a little bit of some urgency because again, you know, if you guys don't win, no one's getting into the playoffs, which means no more baseball for the rest of this season. You got to have to wait until next season. And who knows what the team will look like come next season, because this could just be an aberration of whatever the giants are now. And I'd hate to see one good half a season turn into something completely, uh, completely mediocre come next season if there's a full baseball season. So, I mean, for me, I'd love to see the Giants just kind of prove everybody wrong because I think they had like a .8 like playoff percentage chance of getting in and now we're like on the doorstep of it. <laughs> and really yeah. it just takes us controlling our destiny, making sure that we just, you know, that we just handle our business and win out these next two games. I mean, it's not that we can't beat the Padres. We almost beat them again uh, last night in a doubleheader. And so mm-hmm. we just need to make sure that we handle our business and also hope for a little bit of some cushion with some uh, other teams running for the same wild card spot to lose a little bit so that way it gets our chances a little bit better. So it's really what it comes yeah. down to is just, you know, can our young bats, you know, stay active and can our bullpen, you know, just keep things in play and don't try too hard, I guess is the term I'm looking for. So, yeah. One final thought with that is um, the giants. These are very, these are two very winnable games because it's in San Francisco. So you already have that going for you because this is your ballpark. The Padres, they have all these home run hitters and Oracle park is not a home run hitting ballpark. So you already have that going for you. Your pictures are going to benefit from it. So uh, they have they have momentum going into these games. But also you have where the Padres don't have to win. Now, they probably want to because, like I said, they want to get rid of the Giants. But they don't have to. So you have another thing going for you. Um, but I... You know, the Giants do need to make sure that they keep doing what they're doing. They haven't been trying to go for the home run ball every single at bat, which has been fantastic. It's been awesome. Um, But, um, you know, they need to continue to do that. Just get these extra base hits. You know, drive in these runs. When there's runners in scoring position, make sure you get them home. Um, And that's a recipe for success. I mean, that's what Bruce Bochy did when he was manager was he never got these big-time home run hitters. He got these guys who, when there was runners in scoring position, they could get these guys home. And we're benefiting from a Brandon Belt being hot, a Brandon Crawford being hot, uh, Wilmer Flores, who's been very hot, uh, Alex Dickerson, since he's had his kid, has been hot. Uh, Mike Yastrzemski just came back. That's fantastic. Austin Slater has been hitting well all year. Donovan Solano has been hitting well. Um, Evan Longoria has looked pretty good. And honestly, Joey Bart hasn't had a home run yet. He has been hitting really well. So the giants have a good lineup, a a lineup that it's not going to crush home runs day in and day out, but they're going into the, a position where they have a lot of hot hitters right now. So, uh, go giants. (laughs) I'll be watching both games this week. That's for sure. All right, Cody, let's move into our, uh, football portion, the Las Vegas Raiders. That's right, guys. The Raiders had a huge win over the Saints. It was huge. I don't think, I mean, specifically, almost every, um, every I guess, uh, analyst 
picked the Saints. I don't uh-huh. know. I was watching the pregame, and they're like Saints, 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 Saints. <laughs> and even me, I thought you know, I thought the Saints would win this game, but I thought the Raiders would make it a lot closer. And we talked about it last week. Of you know, we we think that the Raiders are being underrated, and of course, then they show what they can do. Um, you know, you and I were realists as we as a, we talked about during the Giants segment. Of there was no Michael Thomas. Okay, right. so that helped us, of course. But there were a lot of times where Drew Brees was not accurate. Um, Alvin Camaro, I don't, I don't understand why they didn't run him more because he was gashing our defense. Yeah, um, and that's something we're gonna have to fix this week uh, against like a Rex Burkhead. I don't know if James White is going to be there for the Patriots. No, um, but there will be Sony Michelle. And yeah, Patriots have been notorious for running back by committee, though, for a majority of the season. And Bill Belichick with his blocking Cam Newton. and Cam Newton. Oh my God. Yeah, Cam Newton just in that seems running like, back committee. <laughs> like here we were when we did preseason predictions about the Patriots. We were like, oh, five and 11, four and 12 if they're lucky. Now with Cam, it's well, like they're probably we, the best in the AFC East right now. So. Well, we okay, so we did the AFC East and I had the Patriots at 4 and 12, but remember when then they signed Cam Newpin, New, Newpin, Newpin. Newton later <laughs> and um I think I said 6 and 10. I think mm-hmm. is what our uh and I think you agreed with it or you said 7 and 9, I believe. I don't remember exactly, but mm-hmm. um so we did change it, but we didn't know they were going to be this good. Yeah. Um so Cody, with this momentum of 2-0 and for the Raiders, um, you know, are they going to keep it or is it going to welter away against the Patriots, in your opinion? Well, one of the things, so I'm looking at the stats in the Saints and I'm just going to kind of walk through why I'm going to come to the conclusion I'm, gonna, I'm coming to when we played New England this Sunday is when we played the Saints, we didn't really get that much pressure on Drew Brees. He wasn't sacked a single time. Um, we gave up almost six yards per rush against the run game, regardless of whoever the running back was for the Saints. Um, Alvin Kamara, even though he was the Saints' number one target, you know, it, you can make an argument that Drew Brees just for some reason couldn't get the ball to the other receivers because I was, I was thinking receivers like Emmanuel Sanders would really decimate us, and really he only had three targets. Uh, Traquan Smith was the only one that had more than seven targets. He had five receptions. So it was kind of a pedestrian receiving game for the most Mm -hmm. part but Alvin Kamara though had the Saints just not gone away from that game plan he alone would have beaten us for sure which kind of concerns me with the Raiders because we didn't have any sort of pressure uh, on Drew Brees we didn't get any pressure in the backfield to kind of permit uh, prevent these running games and in my opinion I think the Patriots have a better O-line and I think they have a better run scheme when it comes to you know, how they're working with Cam Newton, Rex Burkhead, and Sony Michelle. And if ever they get James White back this season, I think they're, in my opinion, a little bit better than the Saints, only because, again, they've got more, more running back by committee rather than the Saints have really one player that is dynamic. And I think what the problem is with the Raiders is we still don't have, other than Crosby, who gets, to, gets pressure, but he didn't get a sack. And then I know that we got Colin Farrell. It's his second season. Um, so our defense still, for some reason, can't pressure that much. And what ends up happening, especially with Cam Newton, is when he rolls outside the pocket, he's deadly. And he threw for over 400 yards in um, the most recent game that they had against, oh, what was that team again? Um, oh, the, um, the Seattle Seahawks. Um, he mm-hmm. threw for over 400 yards against that defense. And all he did was roll out. He rushed a little bit, got two rushing touchdowns, of course, rolled out and was able to find Edelman, um, Harry, and 
you know, a slew of other players. And the Raiders secondary is significantly worse than the Seahawks. <laughs> so if our front seven really can't get to Cam, who can break outside the pocket and really create plays with his legs, it concerns me because I don't think our DBs can hold, you know, Edelman in front of them. I, I'm really concerned about that. I, I would not doubt that not only can Cam run for another 80 yards, probably on 10 rushes, but he'll probably throw for another 300 yards because our, our Raider defense is okay. But, mm-hmm. you know, I think now the Patriots offense is running basically full strength. And I know there's an argument that Cam Newton doesn't have that many weapons, but it looks like he had some good weapons against uh, when the Patriots played against the Seahawks, even though they stopped him at the goal line, he still was throwing that ball everywhere. And, uh, you know, again, that's my concern with the Raiders. It's it's always our defense. I like that we blitz a little bit more. I like that we have our linebackers really helping out, but it's our secondary. It's always been our secondary for the last six, seven seasons. Our secondary has always been questionable. Mm-hmm. haven't had really a shutdown cornerback since Charles Woodson back in the early 2000s, and he left us for Green Bay to win a Super Bowl. So that's my concern is that the Raiders still have secondary issues. We still have a linebacking core that gets injured pretty frequently. It's a little bit better than it was last season, thankfully with Littleton in the lineup. Um, but again, though, you know, our secondary is the one thing that kind of really hurts us, especially when we need to get off the field on third down. Our DBs usually give up some flat run or some out or even over the top. Our safeties overcommit to the underneath and it leaves somebody open over top. And with Cam Newton, especially, you know, rejuvenated the way he is, don't think that Cam Newton's not going to throw all over our defense. So that's my concern. So I unfortunately am going to say I think the Raiders are going to experience their first loss in New England. Again, I think Bill Belichick is, you know, an assassin in terms of coaching and with Cam Newton and that offense running high power. I don't think there's anything our defense can do to really stop that. And that's why, unfortunately, I think the Raiders are going to suffer their loss this season. Um, Yeah, earlier this year, I picked the Raiders over the Patriots. I I still don't feel that bad about it. Um, The only thing that I see could be the issue is we're kind of on a short week. Um, you know, obviously we played Monday night. Now we're going on Sunday to play, uh, new England in new England. So that's, that's really my biggest concern right now. Um, obviously the defense, like you, like you mentioned has not been great. Um, I'm still very encouraged by Trayvon Mullen. I think he's actually done a a really good job. Uh, in his second year. Uh, I know on the off season, he actually worked out with Ocho Cinco and, uh, you know, really try to uh, perfect, you know, stopping these uh, top receivers. And uh, you can see it. I mean, he's had his miscues here and there. There's no question. Um, He's still a young player, so he's still learning, obviously, and you're going to see that. Damon Arnett, same same thing for him. I I think I've been encouraged by a lot of his plays. There also have been plays that he's given up that obviously are rookie mistakes. So, um, you know, for in, in that instance, yes, I get it. Um, I'm very, very disappointed in Eric Harris right now. I think he has not been playing well. Um, I know there, you know, people are probably gonna, you know, yell at me for that because he's a team captain and all, but as a team captain, you should be going and, and making these plays like Jonathan Abram has been making plays. Jonathan Abram has not only been just, you know, smashing players, you know, who catches, who catch the ball or, you know, or running the ball or whatever it may be. He's also been an energy boost. And I feel like Eric Harris should be a little bit of that energy boost 
but also he should be better in coverage and his coverage has not been good. Um, and that's what he's supposed to be known for is that he's supposed to be a ball hawk, but he's not doing that. Um, so he's my, he's my biggest issue that right now, um, we still have a very young DB core in, specifically in the cornerback department. So, um, you know, I want to see, you know, obviously better play. I think these receivers that we're going against, we actually match up really well. I think Edelman is going to Edelman to anyone. Um, but I do feel good. Like, you know, I would love to see like an Amik Robertson uh, going against Edelman because he is a guy who can kind of rough up players. And I don't think Edelman will be able to take that, especially with his injury history. I think he's going to be a little more tiptoe. So you want someone who's going to kind of rough up Edelman a little bit. And I think Robertson would be good. Uh, throw Abram on him a couple of times. I think he'll, <laughs> I think he'll feel him. So um, that, that's kind of my two cents on that. Um, you know, here's the thing. We're talking about, you know, our, the, the Raiders defense has to stop, you know, Sony Michelle. They have to stop Rex Burkett, which is a big factor, no question. But let's also talk about who the New England has to stop. New England has to stop Josh Jacobs, and that's first and foremost. Josh Jacobs right now is an early MVP candidate. This guy is a beast right now. He ran – I mean, I remember watching – I was watching the Saints game, and – I was kind of looking and I was like, ah, Josh Jacobs, he's not really getting going. And then I looked at his stats and I was like, man, he has actually been gashing them. And then you go back and you kind of look at some of the plays that he had. He had some big plays. I mean, there was this one run where I was watching and it was like a nine yard run and it was on a first down. And they were talking about how, uh, you know, rugs spread out that spread out that offense because they put him in motion and then it was that play where uh i don't know if you could hear on the i don't know if you watched the game did you watch it cody i watched the full game yeah okay so there was that one where foster moreau was on the left side and Carr is like foster foster other side other side yeah yeah. so he's trying to get him over there and uh and then so moreau goes wide out and then all of a sudden they run it with jacobs and he gets a nine-yard run so it was you you wouldn't look at it much and just be like and you know people were also talking oh well Carr doesn't know what he's doing well Carr knew what he was doing on that play for mm-hmm. sure and he's the one who got Jacobs to that run so here's the thing you have to stop Jacobs but they also have to stop Derek Carr and they also have to stop Rodney Hudson because Rodney Hudson's brain knows offensive line and how to stop defensive linemen then Derek Carr knows how to read the defenses. Whether you like him or not, you have to admit, he has been audibling a lot this year. Gruden has given him an open book in this playbook, and he's been flourishing in it. And then you also have to stop Josh Jacobs, who is a very smart, agile running back. He is so good at seeing the holes that maybe we would never see. So these three tiers are tough to stop. Then you have to worry about Darren Waller. Now, the only issue right now is the Raiders are without Nick Kwiatkowski, uh, Trent Brown, and Henry Ruggs. They're all out for this game. Um, The Ruggs thing, I think, is going to be a bigger deal. We've already basically been without Trent Brown this whole time, so that's not that big. Um, Kwiatkowski, he's a good linebacker. He would help on the defensive side, so that is going to be a little bit of a hit. Um, but I think Henry Ruggs being out is the bigger hit because now you don't really have that deep threat. I mean, you could throw out Rico Gafford, 
um, because he's got a lot of speed. So I think we're going to see a lot of Gafford, but I think we're going to see a lot of short throws, which actually may benefit because I think what the Raiders are going to try and do against this Patriots team is exactly what they did against the Saints. They were on the field, it seemed like, all game long. That offense was on the field, and they kept Drew Brees on the sideline. And that's what they need to do. They need to keep Cam Newton on the sideline. It's going to be a lot of Jacobs. It's going to be a lot of Hunter Renfro. uh, Short pass, maybe like three-yard catches. You're going to see Darren Waller get these quick passes. You're going to see probably Rico Gafford with a couple of wide receiver screens, in my opinion. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, I think, uh, will get a couple of catches here and there. So I I think you're going to see a lot of quick passes, um, a lot of runs. It's going to be old school football, um, but that's by design. So, um, you know, Cody, I mean, how do you feel? Who do you think is the biggest uh, person that's out, whether it be Kwiatkowski, Brown, or Ruggs? I think the biggest one is going to be Ruggs, to be honest with you, because Ruggs is that player that you have to basically put a hat on and it doesn't matter, like in this case with the Patriots, it can be Gilmore, it can be another kind of DB rotation. But, you know, if Ruggs is that player that essentially spreads out the defense to get these runs for Jacobs, now that he's no longer there, we really don't have a deep ball threat. I mean, yeah, you can say Nelson Aguilar, who has a little bit of some speed. Zay Jones has a little bit of speed, but they're not known for that. And the Raiders also, too, aren't a team that's going to throw it, you know, 45 to 50 yards in the air, kind of like what the Chiefs do. So, you know, in my opinion, I think that is a pretty big loss. I mean, I get Brown is a big loss for offensive line reasons because you need to push the line of scrimmage and control it. But for me, for Ruggs, like he's that player that, you know, you can put him out into either a receiver screen. You can have him do a couple of out routes to get a quick throw. Um, you can have him go over the top or at least spread that defense to where you can have an open throw in the middle because that defense is now stretched. Um, so I think Ruggs is going to Rugs missing is going to kind of shorten the field, so to speak, for the Raiders. And I feel like the way that the Raiders play their offense and how they did with the Saints, um, it looked good. I just think that Bill Belichick's Patriots are going to be more prepared for us than, let's say, Dennis Allen of the Saints, who is not a bad defensive coordinator, but we can all agree that he's not no Bill Belichick defensive mind um, coach. So what what my fear is going to be is, you know, the Raiders had the eight possessions that they had following um, – you know, I think it was eight out of seven or seven out of eight possessions. The Raiders scored somehow, some way, whether it be field goal and touchdown. And I just don't see the Patriots letting that happen. So, and what my fear is, is when the offense can't get going, we then try too hard. And especially, um, you know, with this young Raiders team and with Bill Belichick, he's a mastermind of this. So I don't think that the Raiders offense will be our downfall. I think we'll struggle a little bit. I don't think it's our downfall. My concern is the defense. We have such a young defensive team that that's what my concern is, is that the Raiders will have a lead or their score first or we'll have a big lead going into halftime. And then once second half adjustments happen, then the Patriots, here they come. Because, again, they're the Patriots and they have Bill Belichick. They have Cam Newton. And the Raiders, with their inexperience on the defensive side, makes me concerned. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I feel like offensively Henry Ruggs is a big hit, but I'm not concerned about the offense more or less. I'm more concerned about the defensive side where we are – where that's our that's our Achilles heels in a sense, you know. If the you know if Harris isn't ball hawking or if he's not really leading that uh, team to really find that ball, and you know, let's say if uh, Abrams again, he's only going to be playing in his fourth game of the of his NFL career, going against Bill Belichick, you don't think that he'll have an offensive scheme plan that'll confuse him or get him in a mismatch to where they'll exploit him. 
You know, those yeah. are the things I get concerned with is our defense is so young and it's always been that problem for us. And that's what my concern is against these Patriots is their offense is, is really, really good. I don't think it's better than Tom when Tom Brady was there, of course, because there's a lot more chemistry. But with Cam Newton, it definitely elevates the Patriots to another level. And our defense is now going to have to honor a quarterback that is mobile. I, don't, I would make the argument that Teddy Bridgewater is not really a mobile quarterback. Um, and Drew Brees definitely is not a mobile quarterback. Cam Newton is probably going to be, outside of Patrick Mahomes, the most lethal quarterback that we're going to face majority of the season because of how mobile he is and especially how well he's throwing the ball this year. I think he's throwing yeah. like 67 68% completion percentage right now. That is like, I think, his career high. Even his MVP season wasn't that high. And we're going to, you know, we need to have our defense step up, but that's my concern is this, this Patriots offense is going to – is, is going to just cut us up, in my opinion. And so offensively, we need to find a way to score a lot, but it's our defense that I'm concerned with. All right, let's take a quick break. And then uh, when we come back, we'll talk a little bit. I have another question about the Raiders, and then hopefully we can get a little, little tiny bit of Lakers. All right, Cody, so you brought up some good points already about the Raiders. Going into this game, who do you believe is going to be the Raiders' X factor to win or at least make this uh, Raiders-Patriots game close? No doubt it's going to start with Josh Jacobs. He's going to be the one that really influences the Raiders game plan because he was very influential to the Saints win because even though he only gained about three and a half yards per attempt, there was essentially what would happen is the first rush that he would do on the opening series would go about eight to nine yards. Then if they rushed him again the following two, they would adjust but it also opened up the passing game. It opened up Waller to have 12 reception, and that does not happen without Jacobs. And Jacob also, I believe he had four or five receptions. Um, oh, excuse me. He had three receptions off of three targets, which made him also a threat out of the backfield. Raiders need to really work on their screenplay, in my opinion. They're kind of a, they're a little lazy in that department for some reason this season. But with Jacobs, though, getting going, it also opened up for Jalen Richard. He had a... He had an issue. He fumbled the ball um, in a later drive where we gave it up to the Saints. But then I think on the next series, he had like a 20-yard rush for a touchdown, which really did not happen without Jacobs being on the field, in my opinion, and without that defense really focusing on him. And again, a lot of the passing game kind of influenced what Jacobs was doing, whether he came out of the backfield, whether he was rushing. I really think it's going to start with Jacobs and his elusiveness, um, his speed, especially if he can – you know, I know that the Patriots don't have a very good linebacking uh, core. So especially if he can get some mismatches off the linebackers and really get them to kind of commit to him so that way it opens up the middle of the field or even these short, these short screens that Jacobs can just blow up and get down the field. I think Jacobs is going to basically be the linchpin for our success offensively, which will help us in cushioning a lead in the event that, again, the Patriots offense and how high-powered they can potentially be this Sunday. Um, my X factor, I'm going to go non-sexy pick. I'm going to go Malik Collins, and here's why. I feel like there has been a lot of scrutiny on the defensive ends, and Max Crosby, Cleveland Farrell, Arden Key, Carl Nazib, um, you know, all those guys, um, and Vickers. He's kind of been here and there, but um, I think there's been a lot of scrutiny on them because, like we talked about earlier, there hasn't been a lot of pressure. Now, Breeze was a little uncomfortable a couple of times, and one of them, a couple of them were Max Crosby, which was great to see. But 
he essentially never got touched. I mean, he kind of had happy feet, and we were lucky in that situation. In this one, I think they're going to really burst on the scene. I think they're really going to come too. So that means they're going to make Cam Newton either, you know, scramble out or step up in the pocket. And that's where the D tackles come into play. And that's why I say Malik Collins, because he's the veteran. Yeah, there's Hankins and Hurst and Ross. Those guys have, you know, Hurst is younger. Ross is young. Uh, Hankins is kind of uh, an older player. But I think Malik Collins with his skill set, he should be the X factor. He should be making Cam Newton get that ball out a lot quicker, um, not give him a lot of time, basically not let Cam Newton step up into the pocket because any quarterback who ends up stepping up into the pocket is dangerous. It doesn't matter what quarterback. You can talk about Nathan Peterman. You can talk about uh, you know Marcus Mariota, but obviously both are backup quarterbacks. Deshaun Kaiser, another practice squad guy. Um, you know, those guys, it doesn't matter if a quarterback steps up into the pocket and delivers a good ball, it's game over. It doesn't matter. Um, that's why they're in the NFL. You know, they obviously have a skill set where they can make those throws. If you make it uncomfortable for them to step up into the pocket, yes, Cam Newton is talented. He can scramble, whatever, but I'd rather see him run than be able to gash us with the pass because that's been our weakness is the pass. Yes, we obviously didn't stop Alvin Kamara, but he's a running back. With Cam Newton, I'm okay with him running. I'd rather him make him have to make the throws and have to really catch up to the Raiders. And that's what I want to see. So for me, I want to say Malik Collins is the guy who's going to be the X factor. He's going to have to make it uncomfortable for, for Newton to step up into the pocket and have to throw on the run. That's what I want to see because these receivers that the Patriots have, yes, they're they're a good, they're good, but they're not great. They're not as good as what the Saints had. We could talk about Traquan Smith. He's still a talented receiver. This the Patriots would take him in a heartbeat if he were on the market. Um, Julian Edelman, he's he's old. He's not as agile as what he used to be. Um, you know, yes, he still has hands. Of course, he can make those short runs, but. You know, Edelman is not the most talented receiver, and he never has been. But what he had was a connection with Brady, and now he's got a kind of connection with uh, Newton. And then Nikhil Harry, they have been really, they have been really down on him, and I think any of our cornerbacks can stop him. Um, so I think, like I said, if you let Newton run, that's fine. But eventually, they are going to have to throw, and if he can't throw, the Patriots will lose this game. So Malik Collins for me is the X factor in, uh, in that game. Um, Cody, I want to get a little bit into, uh, the NBA, not much cause we are running out of time. Uh, the Lakers are up three, one in the series. Uh, <laughs> Denver has been down three, one in the series. Like <laughs> every single series, they were down three, one to the jazz. They were down three, one to the Clippers. They're now down 3-1 to the Lakers. So how do the Lakers stop that moment? And we can talk about, oh, well, the Lakers aren't the Clippers. They're not the Jets. Oh, we get it. We know that. But when this team gets hot and they get into a shooting uh, war, they're a talented team. So how do the Lakers stop this Nuggets team from coming back and making it a 3-2, possibly 3-3 series? Well, let's just make things clear right now. When they play, I believe they're playing today. 
when they play LeBron James and AD, they are stomping whatever potential fire that the Nuggets are going to have to get hot to come back from this. They are not letting Game 5 be a game where they're going to win that they're used to in an elimination um, series. In my opinion, I think the Lakers are going to beat them the way that they beat them in Game 4, which is get them in early foul trouble, especially with Jokic and Millsap. Millsap only attempted three shots total because he had five fouls majority of the game which is a big deal because, you know, and Jokic had five fouls majority of all of game four, and he was le- he only had uh, 16 points, only four assists off of seven rebounds. So that's a huge difference compared to what he did in game three where he had over, I think he had 39 and eight or something like that, some crazy stat where he's potentially at a triple-double. When we can get Jokic to score under 20 points and not be such a facilitator, you know, very similar to LeBron James, that Nuggets offense doesn't go nowhere. Now, granted, we still have Jamal Murray to worry about, but he doesn't get into foul trouble. He can he essentially is a human torch where he can get hot really quickly. But Jokic is the other half of that. So I think if the Lakers can get the Nuggets into foul trouble like they did in game four, AD and LeBron, they're gonna basically we're gonna see the best versions of AD LeBron in this game five to close out the series. And I think KCP, obviously, with his defensive presence, is gonna be a huge help. Um, and making sure that we have somebody that could really check up, you know, uh, Michael Porter Jr. Because, you know, he got hot in game four and scored some points and Kuzma could not hold him down at all, which was a bad defensive matchup. We should have really switched that up. But I'm very confident that with the Lakers, they are not going to they're not going to do what the Jazz did. They're not going to do what the Clippers did. And I know like, oh, it's a cliche, but no, they are not neither of those teams. They are a championship driven team with championship talent and experience on their they are not going to give the Nuggets an ounce of life. They are going to I, – I would not be surprised if the Lakers really shut this door and nail it shut by halftime. That I would be surprised if the Lakers don't really run them out of the gym and be up by potentially 25 to 30 by halftime just because of how motivated. And they just want to send an extremely loud message that I know, Nuggets, that you guys have been here before, but let us show you who we really are and then just nail the coffin right there and there. So that's what I think is going to happen just because the, the motivation to not let this Nuggets team get hot or get any sort of confidence is going to be the driving factor, in my opinion, for not only AD but LeBron James. And those two dynamic duos right there, there's no better dynamic duo left in the playoffs right now. And in my opinion, they're going to be, they're going to be the ones that are going to stomp this this Nuggets team, for lack of a better word, and this is, in my opinion, this is the last game of this series. So, um, I think the way the Lakers win this series is rebounding because what they did in Game Three was Anthony Davis didn't even have a rebound until like way later in the fourth quarter. It, it, he had zero rebounds. Like, not talking about just in that quarter. I'm talking about the whole game. He had zero rebounds until like the final couple of minutes in the fourth quarter, and he had like two or three. Anthony Davis in game four then stepped up and had a lot of rebounds. So, I mean, you look at the differences in that. Anthony Davis is is the X factor. Now, Anthony Davis had five rebounds, but LeBron had nine. So LeBron stepped up his rebounding game Dwight Howard was huge in the rebound game. And this is game four, excuse me. I don't think I said that. Um, He had 11 rebounds. So rebounds are a thing that we, I've noticed in every single series. 
in the Blazers series. Game one, we really weren't grabbing a lot of rebounds. We weren't like we weren't getting at it, you know, uh, game one against the, uh, the Rockets, we were letting PJ Tucker get in there and get rebounds. And we eventually lost. You look at game, uh, three against the Nuggets. They didn't get rebounds, especially Anthony Davis, who usually is aggressive at getting rebounds. He was just very shy that day for some reason. So rebounds are huge. LeBron James is averaging nine rebounds in this series. And Anthony Davis has to step up his rebound game. Now, it's a little bit harder because a lot of the times Davis is matched up with Jokic, um, which um, is good, or sometimes uh, Paul Millsap. Jokic is a good rebounder. He's averaging 7.3 rebounds in this series, and he's got the most of of that team. So, um, you know, we have to keep Jokic out of the paint. If we keep Jokic out of the rebounding paint, we're going to win this game. I agree with you. Foul trouble is also going to be something that we need to get them into uh, because that was so, so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was so huge in game one. Jokic, uh, even, I think Murray was even in foul trouble early in game one as well. So, um, you know, those are, those are big things that we need. Um, I love that we started Dwight Howard. I'd love to see Dwight Howard start again. I think yeah. he has gotten into Jokic's head. I was listening to one of my podcasts, Ryan Rossillo. He was talking about, I hate seeing Dwight Howard. Everyone's talking about all the energy that he has and, you know, he's not doing great, whatever. I'm not here. I'm not having Dwight Howard in the game for his rebounding. I'm not having him for his points. I'm not having him for his defense. What I want Dwight Howard to do is get in the head of Jokic. And if you have watched this series, Jokic has gotten mad at Dwight Howard, I think, in every single game. Whether it be him complaining, but Dwight Howard has gotten in his head, and that's what we need. Because Jokic, if he's in his head, he's not right. And that's what we want. Yes, Jamal Murray is a, has been fantastic. We really don't have anyone who can stop him. But if you notice, game four, LeBron was on Murray a lot more. Yeah, And if you saw, Murray kind of second-guessed a lot of his shots. Keep LeBron on Murray. I don't care who is on Jeremy Grant. Jeremy Grant is not scoring another 30 points in a game, okay? Uh, I, I I don't care. if Mur- Even if uh, Grant is hitting all his threes, I really don't care. Stay on Murray. Stay on Jokic. If you get those two guys out, The Nuggets are a good team, but they're not good enough to overcome Anthony Davis, LeBron James, Dwight Howard, JaVale McGee. You know, Kuzma has not been hitting well. I don't, honestly, I'm okay if we don't, if we don't see Kuzma the whole game. I really am. It's not going to happen. He's going to play, but Mm -hmm. Kuzma has not been shooting well. Rondo, he had, he's been stealing like lights out, man. Yeah. Uh, So I want to see, I, th- I want to see the Lakers really grab these rebounds, really pound the glass. Um, and also, I want to see LeBron on Murray, and I want to see Howard on Jokic. I don't care if Howard is tired. Howard needs to go against Jokic because Jokic is is not doing well when Howard is on him. He's mm-hmm. just he's in his head, and I want that to continue because Jokic, when he's on fire, he gets on fire. So you get him in his head, He's not going to hit as many shots as he usually does. So, 
That's Agreed. what I want to see. All right, guys. Well, it was great to talk to you. Sorry for the late post. Com- mainly my fault. Uh, so sorry about that. Cody had a couple of uh, hiccups here and there, but mainly it was my fault. So uh, sorry about that. Um, but uh, hopefully next week we will be on a regular schedule, uh, recording on Tuesdays, post on, on Thursday. So, uh, and hopefully we're coming back on here. The Raiders win, the Lakers uh, end the series, and hopefully the Giants are in the postseason. So uh, I hope it's good news for all three teams. If it's not, the Lakers still will have a chance by the time we come on here. Uh, the Raiders, obviously, it's only week three, so it's not that big of a deal. And then hopefully the Giants. It's it's win or lose, basically. Pretty so, much. Uh, so the Giants need to win here. So, uh, Cody, any final thoughts? No, everybody enjoy the sports going on. Um, we're either going to be uh, happy or sad when we uh, record this on Tuesday. <laughs> so regardless of which one, you'll know <laughs> you'll know what ends up happening. So, anyways, guys, enjoy the rest of your. Uh, your day and uh don't forget to follow us on facebook twitter and instagram at drew code sports talk and uh i think that's pretty much it drew you got any last minute words yeah guys just keep washing your hands wear a mask um you know keep it up so gyms can open so i can get rid of my fat bitto (laughs) all right we'll see you next week